Father, we thank you. So let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're so excited to be here. Thank you to each and every one of us who supported us on last weekend. Thank you for all of the accolades, the thank yous, the encouragement. We love you so much. Keep us lifted as we go right into the word on today. As we're still in our series, on our Faith Walk series on today, entitled, If They Did It, I Can Too. I simply just want to talk from the passage of Scripture today, Hebrews 11. I want to settle right there in chapter number 6. Chapter number 6. Chapter number 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. I like what the great theologian D.L. Moody says here. He says that faith makes all things possible, but love makes things easy. Faith provides a certainty about things we cannot see. Many Old Testament saints exemplify this faith. In Hebrews 11, we can see that it applauds many of these who live by faith, placing their confidence in the things that they could not see. I really want to settle today around six models of faith that I believe that each and every one of us need to be encouraged in in this moment as we move forth as we go towards this place, as we begin to move into the season of 2022, it's going to take faith for us to do what God has called us to do. The great theologian John Calvin speaks to faith, to the meaning that faith is as a steady and certain knowledge of the divine benevolence towards as which is founded on truth of the gratuitous promise in Christ. It is both revealed to our minds and confirmed to our hearts by the Holy Spirit. John Calvin notes that faith is founded on divine truth and is witnessed to us by the Holy Spirit in heart. Calvin ends this statement by saying that faith is both objective and subjective. When we look at that, faith is objective and subjective. Objective meaning that it is not influenced by our personal feelings, our opinions in considering or representing facts. Faith that is objective, it doesn't depend on the mind for existence. So you can probably understand where I'm going here when we talk about faith that is objective, but then faith is subjective. It is subjective when it is based upon and influenced by our personal feelings, our opinions, and it is dependent on the existence of one's mind. So can we say that faith 
has to operate in the objective realm and in the subjective realm for us to really believe God. There are moments in faith where our mind takes over. There are moments of faith when we have to simply not allow our feelings, the opinions of others, uh, to influence our faith. We can see here that faith is our response which God takes at his word and we act upon it. Faith provides insurance of things we can only hope for and a certainty about things that we cannot see. I, I want to say that again. Faith is the response in which we take God at his word by acting upon it. Whether it may be objective or subjective, it is our response and our response is seen in how we act upon that which the word that God has called us into. Faith provides insurance of things we can only hope for and a certainty about things that we can not see. I'm reminded of a story here of a man. He was one of the first missionaries to go over into India and this man, he was called, uh, he was called there. The Lord gave him a word and many of his peers begin to say, hey, don't go, don't do this. And it's really not going to work for you. And there are so many things that are going to happen. At the plea of his wife saying, let's not make this move, he decides to operate in faith in an objective realm where he's not influenced by the personal feelings or the opinions of others. But yet, the subjectiveness of his mind, he has to take into account that my family is going with me. So subjectively, he has to deal with how am I going to provide for my family? But the objective realm of faith, he understands that he cannot allow his spirit or his, or his flesh to hinder him. And so Minister William Curry, he, 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 William Carey, he, he takes this journey into India. He arrives in India and for seven years, nothing is happening. During the seven years that he's there, his wife becomes mentally ill to the point that she's unable. She's unable to function. She's unable to live life as she was living before they moved to India. And now he not only has to do the ministry that God has called him to do, now he's taking care of his wife full time because mentally she's unable and unstable to function. Here he is seven years operating with no souls being saved. Seven years and nothing is coming to pass. Seven years and he begins to translate the Bible into all types of languages in that, in that, in that region of India. But within the seven years, nothing begins to happen. Faith it's something that we have to respond to. It is, it is an action. It is something that we respond and we act upon. He acted upon it, but nothing was happening, baby. After seven years, someone is saved. 
after seven years, converts begin to get saved. After his wife loses her mind, after he loses some things because not only did his wife lose his mind, but the provision was not there for him because those that were back in the States did not send the provision. They did not finance the mission. And so he was there on a faith journey. How many of us have ever been on a faith journey where you had to just cut out all of the noise, all of the opinions, all of the personal feelings and, and the issues that come along with it, but subjectively you're dealing with the issue, how am I going to provide for my wife? How, how am I going to provide for my children? I know that God has called me to do this, but how am I going to do it? Hebrews 11 and 6 says, uh, it is impossible to please God, for without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. I want to reflect on six models of biblical proven faith that pleases God. One of the questions that I've been asking God all week long is, how am I not pleasing you with my faith? When we see here in Hebrews, we can see that these six models of biblical proven faith, they please God so much to the point that everything that God said, it came to pass. I've been asking the question, and I want you to begin to ask the question, how am I not allowing my faith to please you? What, what, what am I doing? What, what are some things that I'm not doing? Have I, ha, am I not moving in faith? Am I not believing you enough that my faith has not pleased you enough that your word comes to pass just like you spoke it? Number one, I want to talk about this first model a biblical proven faith that pleases God. And many of us have heard the story, uh, but it is the faith that builds. Number one, uh, that first biblical model, faith that builds in the middle of nowhere. Faith that builds in the middle of nowhere. Verse number seven, we can see that it says, by faith Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen, yet in reverence prepared in ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of which is according to his faith. Can you and I imagine Noah in the middle of his land and he hears God subjectively and objectively. Come on now. Uh, uh, he hears God say, I want you to build an ark. We, we understood what Calvin says, that, that faith is both objective and subjective. And so we've got to really deal with this. Uh, the mind says, the personal feeling says, uh, the influence of opinions arise. How am I going to build an ark in the middle of nowhere? Where am I going to get all of the tools? Where's all the wood going to come from? Who's going to help me build it? And not only did he tell them to build an ark, but he said, build an ark because it's going to rain. Come on now, build an ark because it's going to rain and build the ark big enough so that it will provide space and salvation for you and your family and two pair of each animal. I want you to grab the animals so that I can restore the earth, but I need you to first build an ark. 
Uh, not that it's going to rain, but, but the faith was building the ark. The faith was not in that it was going to rain. He said, I need for you to build an ark. Faith that builds in the middle of nowhere. Come on now. Many of us have been in a place where our faith has challenged us to build something in the middle of nowhere, in the middle where nothing is happening, in the middle where there is chaos, in the middle where so many things are happening. Uh, poverty, murder, uh, 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 the economic uh, development is down and, and there are no jobs. But, but, but God comes to Noah and he says to him, I want you to build in ark for me. Faith that builds in the middle of nowhere. It is a biblical proven model of faith that you can build whatever God tells you to build. Come on now. Uh, uh, I know that our mind subjectively begins to say to us, uh, when is it going to rain? Uh, uh, you've been building this ark for the last three years. It still hasn't rained. But the Lord said, build the ark. Come on now. Uh, he says to build the ark so that when it rains, so when the rain comes, uh, you'll already be in the safety of the place that I want to save you. Number two, six models of a biblical proven faith that pleases God. Noah's faith pleased God so much to the point that he saved he and his family. Come on now. And not only did he save he and his family, but Noah's faith gave the earth the opportunity for God to replenish it again. Come on now. So we have faith that builds in the middle of nowhere. And then number two, I like this one, uh, faith that relocates and uproots. In verse number 8, we can see in the halls of faith, uh, Hebrews calls them uh, the heroes of faith. We can see another hero here in verse number 8. By faith, when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse number 9 says, by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise. As in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Verse number 10, I'm talking about my boy Abraham. Uh, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builders is God. We can see that Noah is challenged to build in the middle of nowhere. He pleases God by building the ark. But then we can see here where faith challenges us to relocate into a new place. Abraham is challenged uh, to uproot his entire family. Uh, his faith is challenged, uh, and he's challenged to accept the unfamiliar by leaving the comforts of, number one, his family. Come on now. His father's inheritance and the land that he has grown in, the place that he's invested in, the place that he's prospered in. But then faith comes. Uh, you heard it. Uh, so without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so now God comes to challenge Abram. Uh, his name was Abram. He comes to challenge Abram and he says, I need you to relocate. I, I need you to uproot everything that belongs to you only. So only take your cattle, only take your servants, only take your wife 
and I need you to take a journey, but not until you take the journey, I will not show you the land. I need you to leave first before I can show you where you're going. Uh, uh, come on now, let, let's think about it now. Uh, objectively, I trust God, but then when I look at it subjectively, in my mind, you're telling me to leave, and then you're going to show me where I'm going? Uh, uh, you're, you're telling me to pack all of my bags. You're telling me to sell my house, to sell my car, uh, to shut my business down, and to relocate and uproot so that you can show me where I'm going. Faith that pleases God operates many times in moments where we cannot see where we're going. In moments where we cannot feel where we're going, in, in moments where we don't have all of the answers, Noah didn't have all of the answers. He, he didn't have a weatherman to tell him when it was going to rain. Uh, come on now. Uh, 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 Abraham didn't have a GPS on his cell phone that could lead and direct him. He only had to be led by the voice of God. God said, pack up your family, leave your daddy's house, leave your father's house, only take what belongs to you so that you can please me in your faith. I want you to step out on faith before I show you what belongs to you. Are you seeing this here? Where, where do you fit in? This is the reason that I begin to ask God because when we look at the first two models, uh, there was a relationship there. Noah trusted him. Abraham trusted him. But when we look at the life of Abraham, uh, he has to up root. Come on now. He, he has to take everything that he has. Don't leave anything behind. Starting over can be very difficult. Come on now. Uh, moving into the unfamiliar can be very difficult. Come on now. Uh, getting to know people in a different way. You've lived with this family all of your life. You're comfortable, but now faith comes to challenge that place of comfort in your life. And God says it's without faith it's impossible to please me if your faith is not active in your life. So number one, faith that builds in the middle of nowhere. Number two, faith that relocates and uproots. Come on now. And then number three, I like this one. Faith that conceives beyond its time and its age. Come on now, we're going to stay right there in the story of Abraham and Sarah. In verse number 11, it says, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Sarah's faith to conceive had everything to do with the participation of both her and Abraham. Hear this, faith takes a willing team and an effort to conceive what is impossible to the natural eye. Come on now, he tells Abraham, I want you to leave and then I'll show you the land. They get to the land and then he tells his wife, you're going to have a promised child. I, I'm going to give you a baby. Now, come on now, let's, let's look at it. Abraham was 75. He was, he, was, he was considered really to be young in biblical day, but when we think about it today, 75 is old. Come on now, uh, I, I don't see no brother walking around here and producing a baby at 75. That's, that's like God coming to me at 75 and said, I'm going to give your wife and you another child. No, I don't want that child. 
I ain't trying to raise another child. I, I, I don't want another baby. I, I don't want to be sitting up feeding and going to the store, changing a stinky diaper. I've already lived that life, but we can see here that faith that pleases God, it puts you into a moment where your faith, come on now, it has nothing to do with time or age. Faith that conceives. I want to encourage somebody today. You've probably been working this dream for so long and you're at a certain age, you're at a certain point, you're at a certain time in your life and you're saying nothing is going to work right now. I've been trying to do that since I was 25 and I'm 55 now. Come on, God. And God comes to you and he says, at the age, at a certain point in your life, you're going to conceive the dream that I placed in your heart, but it's going to take faith to please him. It's going to take us to operate as a team. Had they not got together intimately, uh, there would have not been a child. Had, had they not uh, been in a moment where they sought out to believe the word that God has spoken in her life that you're going to conceive. Six biblical models of proven faith. It is impossible to please God today without your faith. We can see here that we have the models. If they've been able to do it, then that means that I can do it today. Come on now. If Noah did it, I can do it. If Abraham did it, I certainly can do it. If Sarah can conceive at an old age in her life, certainly I can birth out things in my life that I never thought would come to pass. Uh, age is nothing but a number. Come on now. Uh, time has nothing to do with God birthing something in your life. It is impossible to please God without faith. Uh, had they not gotten together, they would have not been able to allow their faith to bring to pass what God had already spoken in their life. Come on now, I, I like this. Come on now, we're, we're moving here. Uh, uh, number four, faith that provides. Faith that provides, we can see faith that provides at the last minute. Have you ever had to depend on God operating at the last minute in your life? Come on now. Uh, God, at the last minute, he shows up right when the repo guy is getting ready to pull your car off and you get the money. Come on now. Uh, they're getting ready to cancel some things in your life and, and right then and there you get a cash out where you can pay all the bills that you need to pay. Come on now. They're getting ready to do the surgery and right at the last minute, they say let's do another CAT scan and they go in and what they were getting ready to operate on is no longer there. Uh, faith that provides at the last minute. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and who he had received the promises was offering up only his begotten son. Verse number 19 says, and he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as his type faith here, faith that insists that we offer back to God what has been promised to us. We, we can see that there are moments where our faith is going to challenge us to offer back what God has promised to us. Uh, we can see that Noah builds the ark. We can see that Abraham relocates. We can see that Sarah conceives. But now Abraham is challenged for a third time. He, he's tested here by God saying, uh, will you offer back to me what I promised you? Come on now. I put in all of this work and now you want me to give it back. Come on now. Abraham's faith 
reflected his sincere trust in God. That if Isaac was to be consumed as a burnt offering, that God would raise him from the dead. However, he believed as they were going up the mountain, as his son said, Daddy, I see the wood, I see the knife, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says to his son, God will provide. Can somebody say, God will provide. When I respond to God in faith, come on now, when I respond to God, when I act upon his word, God is required to respond and to provide for himself. Come on now, he's not providing for me, he's providing for himself, but he's using my life. He's using the struggle in my life. He's using the issue in my life. He's using everything in my life. The opinions, come on now, the influence, the influence of personal feelings that I might have, he's using that so that my faith can please him so that my faith can do what? Create a ram in the bush. Come on now. Uh, faith that provides a ram in the bush. Come on now. At the last minute when Abraham has the knife in his hand and he's prepared to take the knife down and to offer his son, the angel comes and says, wait a minute. Come on now. You passed the test. Come on now. Your faith pleased God so much that all you need to do is just turn around and behind you there is a ram in the bush. On the side, there is a ram in the bush. On this side, there is a ram in the bush. Your faith pleases God to the point where he's always going to provide for himself. He provided the rain for himself, but he needed an ark to be there. Come on now. He provided land for Abraham to dwell in, but he needed Abraham to get to the land. Come on now. He provided a son for uh, Abraham and Sarah, but he needed them to become in intimate with one another so that the promised son could be birthed so that he could ask for it back and then turn around and say no 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 I just wanted to see if your faith would please me enough faith that pleases God faith that chooses to suffer come on now number five Faith that chooses to suffer the story of Moses. We can we can see Moses here by faith Moses when he had grown up refused to be called the, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people. Come on now. But Moses' faith decided, I'm going to return back to Egypt. I left running because I murdered somebody. I left because I was on the run. But then if I really want to understand who God is, God finds me on a mountain. He speaks to me through a burning bush that was never consumed. And he says, I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to have faith enough to go back to Egypt. Forty years later, I want you to go back to Egypt. And I simply want you to say these words, let my people go. Come on now. Uh, faith that pleases God. Come on now. Faith that pleases God so much, come on now, that when Moses spoke, hallelujah, one day, hallelujah, Pharaoh got so angry, and he said, I want to kill all of the firstborn, but because of Moses' faith, come on now, he was able to tell his people, I need you to just brush the blood over your doorpost, come on now, faith that'll keep you, faith that'll rescue you, faith that pleases God will protect us when the enemy comes to destroy us. Moses' faith was so strong that he had to understand 
that he had to understand that his faith was pleasing God, although his dialect uh, was a little bit off. Come on now. Uh, he hadn't been in Egypt for 40 years, and over the 40 years, the culture had changed. The language has changed. Come on now. The people had changed. And going back to face a king, come on now, who was already angry at me because they felt like I had deceived them. Come on now. I was raised as a Hebrew in the inside of an Egyptian palace. Come on now. I was given everything that I needed, but then God sends me back by faith. Have you ever been in a moment where God raises you up in your family to say that I'm going to cause you to tell your family, come on now, I'm going to save your generation by using your mouth. Come on now, you don't have the seminary degree. You're the black sheep of the family. You're broke and disgusted and you've got convict records all everywhere and you're a felony. You've done this and you've done that and now you've got to stand before people. And you've got to be the voice of God in their life. And you've got to take the ridicule. You've got to take the laughter. But faith that pleases God, when you please God, it'll open up a red sea. It'll cause everybody, your mama, your grandmama, your daddy, your uncle, your goat, your billy goat, whatever it is, to cross over unharmed. Come on now. Faith that pleases God will have you and I choose to suffer rather than live the life of privilege. Moses chose to live the life of privilege. Moses didn't choose, let me make that, I'm sorry. Moses chose to live a life where he would suffer with his own people rather than live a life of privilege. And today, the church says, I choose privilege. We don't want to suffer anymore, baby. Uh, we don't want to go through anything anymore. We, we want a quick fix, and we want it to happen like this, and we want it to happen like that. And, and, and we equate our promotions and our, our, our elevations in the spirit realm to the successful things that we've done in the material realm. But they have nothing to do with your degree, with your money. It has everything to do with the faith that you have that has pleased God is my faith pleasing God enough well he'll open up a red sea for me has my faith pleased God enough well, he'll begin to provide for himself. Uh, has faith pleased God enough where, where something that's laying dormant on the inside of my life can be birthed out at a moment where I feel like life is closing in on me? I feel like that life is over. I feel like time is working against me. Uh, 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 has my faith pleased God enough that he's able to make me a promise that my generations will never have to go without? Has my faith pleased God enough well, the ark that I've labored to build, that when the rain comes, I'll be able to save my family and the generations before me. But then I like this last one, faith that conquers. We can see that Jericho goes, we can see that Joshua is sent into the city of Jericho, and for seven days they march around a wall. For the first six days, they marched around the wall quietly, one time, quietly. Faith that pleases God will have you walk around a wall 
come on now, on the seventh day, they walked around seven times, and on the seventh time, they opened up their mouth and they begin to shout, faith that pleases God will cause walls that are standing in your way to fall inward. Come on now, the walls didn't fall outward, they fell inward, and not only when faith pleases God and it destroys the walls, but here it is, faith will cause you to take over. It'll cause you to conquer things in your life that have been blocking you and hindering you. We can see that these six models of biblical proven faith going back to the story of Minister William Carey. The Lord told him, I need you to go to India. Come on now. I'm going to go to India and I'm going to build. Come on now. Not knowing that I'm going to lose my wife and my wife's going to lose her mind. I'm not going to have all the money that I need to make it. And I work hard for seven years and for seven years nobody gets saved. But then we turn around and one person gets saved. Faith that pleases God operates by responding to the word that God has spoken to you. As I end here right now, I want to ask you the question, how are you working your faith to the point that it pleases God that he has to provide, that he has to open up a Red Sea? Faith that causes dead things or things in my life to be conceived at a later point in my life. Come on now. I, I've been wanting to go back to school. I, I, I've been wanting to get married. I, I've been wanting to do some things in my life. But, but, but I'm asking God, God, when is it going to happen? Let me ask you, when are you going to operate in faith that pleases God to the point that he has to respond? How big is your faith today? How big is your faith today? How, 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 how big is your love for me? Come on now. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't just please him, but then it says, you got to go on and you got to begin to believe in him. Faith connected to your belief is what pleases God. I want God to do something special in my life today. I want to say this. Without your faith, it's going to be impossible to make it happen. Come on now. God can answer your prayer, but it's going to take your faith. Come on now. Uh, uh, God can create a miracle to happen in your life, uh, but you've got to be able to understand that it's going to take faith to open up the door. It's going to take faith to bring it to pass. It's going to take faith to get you through the Red Sea. It's going to take faith to save your generations. It's, it's going to take faith, come on now, to heal your body. Come on now. Faith to open up the doors for your business. Come on now. Uh, a faith to birth that thing on the inside of you that you know that God has spoken in your life. Faith. Faith. As you lift your hands right now, you're probably sitting there and your tears are probably coming down your eyes and you're saying, Lord, I'm tired of this issue. I'm, I'm tired of going through. Can I, can I just speak it to you? You're probably not moving in faith as you should. Or you're probably moving in faith, 
But faith is just going through the process. So don't give up now. Don't stop now. If Abraham can do it three times, certainly I can. If Noah can build an ark and never sees rain until he's finished, then certainly you can. If Sarah can conceive at a late age in her life, then certainly the dream and the desire that you have can come to pass. Come on now. If Moses can open up his mouth and go back and stand before Pharaoh and say, will you let my people go? Certainly you and I can stand before a nation today, a broken community today, and say, let my people go. If Joshua can have the faith to decide that I'm going to walk around this wall seven times, and on the seventh time that when we shout, the walls are going to cave in, then certainly I can. There's power in faith. There is power in your faith. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Oh, we worship you, oh God. We bless your name. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, oh God. Father, in Jesus' name, we're standing here today because you've spoken a word and the word is going to require that we step out on faith. And Hebrew says, and without faith it's impossible to please you. So Father, let this week be a week where our faith pleases you. Father, our prayer is that our faith will respond to what you've spoken. Number two, that our faith will take the steps that you're leading us into. We'll respond, we'll take the steps. And that our faith, number three, that our faith will demonstrate, that it will demonstrate our belief, our trust, and our dependence in you. That's our prayer this week. Come on, I want you to pray that for the next seven days, that number one, that your faith will respond to the word of God, that your faith, that you'll act upon the word of God, that you will respond in whatever way that God calls you to. And then number two, that your faith will begin to walk out the word of God in your life. I'm going to respond to the word of God and then I'm going to walk it out. And then number three, that my faith will demonstrate the power, the grace, and the favor of God. That my faith will respond, number one. Number two, that my faith is going to walk it out. I'm going to begin to see things happen. I'm going to begin to see doors open and walls fall and things be birthed in my life. And God is going to relocate and resettle some things in my life. And then my faith is going to demonstrate how I believe and I trust and I depend on God in such a way that he must provide that my faith is going to please him in such a way.
This is our prayer. You want to accept Christ into your life today? I want you to just simply lift your hands and just simply pray this prayer with me. I want you to just say, Lord, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I have sinned in my life, but I acknowledge that this moment of salvation that I must operate in faith where I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior, that you died and you rose again, and that with my heart I believe that my confession redeems me today and that you become my Lord and that you become my Savior and that this saving faith gives me the opportunity to be a child of the kingdom of God. If you pray that prayer with me today, you're saved. And now it's time to move further, that you be filled with the leading and the power of the Holy Ghost, where the Holy Ghost now begins to operate in your life in such a way, where the Holy Ghost begins to speak to you and the power of God consumes your life. I, I don't want to just stop at salvation, but I want you to be the Lord and I accept your Lordship in my life where the power and the leading of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. If you didn't have a chance to sow on today, I want you to give your tithe. I want you to give your offering and I want you to sow your love seed. Rock Church is very important that we understand that we don't have time to play and that God requires us to continue to move in faith. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you. God bless you to each and every one of you. This is what we do. We create relevant moments at the Rock Church where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place. I love you. I appreciate you. Keep your bishop in prayer. Keep the Rock Church in prayer. We love you. We appreciate you. Have a great day. And may the Lord God bless and keep you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.